How you doing? Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the podcast. Maybe you got a loved one who's uh, looking for some help, some treatment help. You're drinking too much. You're drugging too much. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's your uh, brother or your friend, your son, your daughter, whoever it is. Let me tell you about Promises Behavioral Health. Number one, this episode is brought to you by Promises Behavioral Health. And number two, they can provide you some solid resources that you can trust. So maybe it is your social life, your well-being. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe you're struggling with all the things going on right now in the world. A lot of us are. We all have different opinions and different experiences and different things we're going through. And at the end of the day, uh, the booze, the drugs, man, they're a tool that people use uh, to escape. To escape, And uh, sometimes it can get out of hand and you don't even know how the hell you got there, but you want some help and you don't know how to get it, who to turn to, where to start. That's what Promises can help you do. We've partnered with Promises Behavioral Health for uh, a while now. I've worked with a few members of their team for a couple of years now, and uh, they're great. They have family, they have friends that are in recovery. Even some of the people who work on the Promises team are in recovery themselves, so they get it. And let me tell you this, this right here can be an opportunity for you to reach out for help, to get back on track or help your family member, your loved one, your friend get back on track uh, to get some help that they that they need or that you need. Uh, so number one, you're not alone, uh, regardless of what side of this thing you're on. Uh, you're not alone. I can tell you that again. I'll say it. Let's, let's say it three times. Why not? Why the hell not? You're not alone. Such a good thing to know because a lot of the time in this life, in addiction, especially when we're caught deep in that, it isolates us and it makes us feel like we're the only ones going through it. And I promise you, you're not. There's plenty of people who have been there, uh, who have gotten through it and came out on the other side and have been able to live good lives like myself. Uh, it ain't perfect, but damn, it's a hell of a lot better than it was seven, a little over seven years ago. And it's because I reached out for some help. So let me give you some info about Promises Behavioral Health and how you can reach out to them if you need some. You can go to promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. That's promisesbehavioralhealth.com slash sober guy. The team created a great page over there for our partnership. There's some pictures. There's some resources. So check that out there. Or you can just pick up the phone. You can call 888-205-1890. That's 888-205-1890. Tell them that you heard about them from that Sober Guy podcast. A couple other things, then we're going to get started. We're going to go over the Addiction Recovery e-Bulletin today. I'll go over some articles. I haven't done one of these in a, a few few weeks, a good month or two, so I figured what the heck. We'll check out what's going on in the addiction recovery world. Um, but before we do that, if you want to go to that soberguy.com, there's merch there, T-shirts, hoodies, hats. You want to represent your recovery, help support that sober guy, uh, you can go there, that soberguy.com, and do that. We also have the How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety digital course. Uh, so lots of good info, lots of good ways for those who want to uh, see uh, what that looks like, what some other people's processes were, how they dealt with recovery, how they dealt with staying sober in the first 90 days. You can check that out there as well. Uh, we also have some meetings on there. The Fourth Dimensioners online Zoom meeting is listed. It's every night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Just click on the Get Help tab at thatsoberguy.com and all the login info is there. All right. Welcome. Let's get the show on the road. 
That Sober Guy podcast contains adult content, merciless truth, and emotional nudity. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Shane Raymer. You're listening to That Sober Guy podcast, and we help people stay sober. Good to be here today. We're going to go over some of the addiction recovery e-bulletin. No goodbyes, just sneak to the road. And you can go to addictionrecoveryebulletin.org if you want to check it out. They have a great bulletin they send out. You can get it right to your inbox if you'd like. You're never bringing me down. Man, I'm just looking at this right now. There's a bunch of good articles in here. I'm actually on the website right now. It was in the email, but I just want to jump ahead right to this. Horrible facts about diet soda. You know, I've heard about diet soda. They kind of trick you thinking it's diet. No sugar. Uh, it's better for you. It's actually terrible. I know it had aspartame in it for a while, which was known to cause cancer. From uh, some, some information I had read up on before. Says horrible facts about diet soda. I'll take a 20 piece nugget, uh, a double cheeseburger, actually make it two. Uh, yeah, hell yeah, I want a supersize. Uh, yeah, could throw in a couple apple pies there, maybe a couple pumpkins. And, uh, uh sir, what would you like to drink? <laughs> you know it, <laughs> a diet coke. <laughs> I'd be a liar if I never said I didn't do that before. I have. <laughs> uh, but what's the point, right? Eat a bunch of shitty food and then order a Diet Coke at the end. I don't know. I never really understood that. Uh, maybe it's mental. Maybe it's you don't want the sugar. I don't know. But in any case, is it not? It's not really food, is it? It says if you drink diet soda or any artificially sweetened beverage for that matter, chances are you do because you're under the impression it's healthier option than its regular counterpart. After all, diet drinks typically don't have any actual sugar. That's why I mentioned the aspartame. Uh, the substance known to cause obesity and a number of other health problems, including heart disease. But according to a new study published in the Journal of American College of Cardiology, Artificially sweetened drinks like diet soda are just as likely to lead to heart disease as the sugar-filled regular versions. Uh, now, I just want to say before I read this, before I go on, it's only one more quick little paragraph. I love a good soda every once in a while. I used to drink a lot of it uh, back before I got sober. Um, and it, yeah, I actually grew up on it. My, my parents had soda in the house all the time. Dr. Pepper, Coke. Uh, Sprite, that was, I don't know if it was an 80s thing or what, but soda was fucking popular in the 80s, especially, and then into the 90s. So, as a kid, like it was always in my house. It was just normal. I, I never really knew that it wasn't very good for you. I just, I drank it. And so, as I got older, uh, you know, actually, probably when I got with Jess, I must have been about 20, I figured out that you might want to drink water sometimes. <laughs> I never drank water in my life. It was, uh, alcohol or soda, probably for the most part, for most of my uh, teens when I started drinking, you know, or, or my, my early teens. And then as I started drinking into my 20s. But when I got with Jess, I, I for some reason, I distinctly remember that her saying, you should drink water because I always just it's all I knew was to drink that uh, that soda, that soda life, son. But yeah, it's just it, it's not very good for you. So but I want to say, look, I don't it, I, I kind of figured it out. But I do like there's a there's a place in Vacaville called California Burrito. 
shit's bomb. It's like a late night tip, right? So you can go there on the late night. It's 24 hours. Go through the drive through. My, my favorite is some rolled tacos with guac and cheese. Hey, you got to indulge sometime, right? And then for some reason, their Dr. Pepper there is hella good. Get a nice cold one. But I don't do that all the time. I don't ever have soda in the house. It's very rare that we do. Maybe if we get pizza sometimes and it comes with like a two liter. But in any case, I'm being a little transparent here because I'm not a hater on soda, but this shit's interesting, right? For the study, researchers in France looked at data from over 100,000 participants in an ongoing online study that had individuals record their diet, their activity level, and health status every six months. From this pool of participants, the research team divided the people into three groups based on their use of diet, sugary beverages, non-users, low consumers, and high consumers. Uh, sugary beverages included soft drinks, fruit drinks, and syrups that contained at least 5% sugar and 100% fruit juice. Diet drinks were those that contained artificial sweeteners. There it is, like aspartame that I had mentioned, or natural sweeteners uh, such as stevia. Uh, so uh, let's see, I had to, I had to click on the actual article here. Looks like it's from Yahoo. Uh, this fact. Oh, so it's saying this is the headline in the Yahoo article. This fact about diet soda has been debunked. New study says, so here's what I'm going to do here. Just so I don't forget, we're going to copy that. We're going to copy that article here and then I'm going to scroll on down to our links page here if you want to check out this article it's in the show notes for you all right uh let's see where i lost my spot here story continues and it's not any safer than real oh according to the study higher intakes of sugary drinks sweetened beverages were associated with a higher risk of cardiovascular disease suggesting that asb might not <coughs> excuse me might not be a healthy substitute for sugary drinks so i know some of us switch out soda for alcohol right because a lot, we're the thing that addicts us about alcohol is not just the drunk not just the way we feel not just the escape not just the social aspect either but there's also a lot of sugar in alcohol and so you can your body can be become dependent on uh, on that on that sugar and so that's why you see a lot of people and, and another thing i'm guilty of myself is like candy sugary stuff uh and that goes back to my childhood again uh, so it just goes to show you that sugar is a fucking drug too. excuse my F word, but it is. And when we stop drinking, we still yearn for some of that sugar. We still want some of that sugar. And so we can get it through soda. We can get it through candy. The fact of the matter is, is I have battled this kind of battle back and forth sugar stuff. And it's really good when I eat it, but it gives me a headache. It makes me crash. It tends to get me off of my program. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a good steady program of eating pretty damn healthy, it can go downhill fast really quick. If I'm not uh, watching it, it's not good for you. It does. It does make you feel like shit. And I think overall health wise, um, yeah, it tastes great, but it doesn't, it doesn't do, uh, what it should for you. It doesn't do what it, what it can do. If you cut that out of your diet, you can feel a lot better. But it goes on to say the researchers not only confirmed a direct connection between the consumption of sugary beverages and higher incidences of heart disease, they also found that participants who drank soda, uh, who drank diet sodas and artificially sweetened beverages experienced almost the exact same health risk. So basically, sugar artificially sweetened, there's not a difference is what this, this study is saying. 
The only group found to have lower risk of heart disease were individuals who drank no sweetened beverages, artificially or otherwise. There you go. So maybe some iced tea, maybe just some lemon, water. That would be a good one. I love a good Pellegrino, and I'll do uh, cranberry juice. Or if I'm, if it, if that is, to me, that's not really that sweet, and I don't really drink a lot of it. Maybe my little cup in the morning, and then I'll add a little bit to the Pellegrino. Um, but stuff like that, you can kind of substitute out as you start to wean off some of those sugary uh, drinks because they're not they're not good for you. But hey, I mean, hey, we all gotta we gotta live, right? So maybe you want a Dr Pepper with your rolled tacos with guac and cheese. That's cool sometimes. But for me, I can't uh, do the full two liter like I used to do when I was twelve. Let's go to the store, man, and get some bubble gum, and we'll get some some candy and a couple of two liters, and then we'll go play guns or ditch in the park. <coughs> oh shit. Shiza, excuse me, developing a little cough today. No, it's not the Rona, okay? Fuck off. <laughs> Some industry groups were less than pleased at the study's claim, even refuting the findings publicly. Probably the diet soda industry. Contrary to the claims made in this publication, there's actually no evidence that low, no-calorie sweeteners would increase the risk of cardiovascular disease. Okay, I think we're done with this, but you get the point. The diet drinks, basically, what it's saying are the same. Uh, it's not any better than doing a regular old sugary style of drink. So uh, be careful. Don't let them trick you. Don't be tricked into thinking that the old Diet Coke uh, is better than non-diet the non-diet tastes better i'll tell you that and if it's the same hey what's the deal uh what else we got here why the pandemic is inspiring many to give up alcohol let's check this out this looks interesting hmm that's interesting why the pandemic is inspiring many to give up alcohol <clears throat> this came from uh recovery e-bulletin as well so you can see that on their site I'm sorry, addictionrecoveryebulletin.org would be the site. You can find this article. As states descended into lockdowns, closing bars and restaurants, everyday people stockpiled toilet paper, cleaning supplies, and booze. Now, why in the shit did everybody uh, stockpile toilet paper? Well, I have a theory about that. It's because they think we're all pieces of shit, and they said, hey, let's see how many rolls of toilet paper we can get these sheep and fools to buy. <laughs> we're going to make a run on toilet paper, John. Check this out. He's like, I bet you $70 million. You can't get him to do that. And he's all, sure as shit, bet you I can. And boom, everyone was in line buying toilet paper and booze. It goes on to say, indeed, and that's me paraphrasing. Uh, I mean, not paraphrasing the article, paraphrasing my thoughts, by the way. So uh, in any case, indeed, back at the start of the pandemic, <clears throat> Alcohol sales skyrocketed, increasing in the United States by 55% the week ending March 21st, 2020, compared to the previous year. And I, and I can attest to that because I remember when this shit first started. I think I'd shared this on a, on a previous podcast. I was driving through one of the parking lots here where there's a Best Buy, uh, there's a work world, there's like an old Navy, there's some restaurants, uh, and there's also a BevMo. And all of this shit was closed down except the damn BevMo. And there was a line out the front of the door with probably, I don't know, 10 people 
and they were waiting to go in to get their booze. And so while everything was shut down, churches and uh, schools and people's livelihood and their businesses, you could sure as shit go in and buy yourself some booze. Is there anything, am I missing something here or is there... Is there something wrong with that? Wait a minute. You want to keep us intoxicated, but you don't, but you want to keep us safe. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, maybe I'm missing something. Uh, While some data suggests that people have been drinking more during the pandemic, at least initially, the pandemic has also prompted a life reevaluation with many Americans reconsidering the role of alcohol in their lives. And I would attest to that as well. I think that's a great point. And hopefully it wakes a lot of people up and, and, and can uh, they can see how much they are actually relying on alcohol as a tool uh, to kind of get some peace or uh, to escape uh, and, and figuring out that there's some better, more healthy options out there for themselves and their families and their friends. Um, it goes on to say at first I was actually drinking more. Mike Miller, founder of wilderness times, uh, told salon, this comes from salon.com, uh, just being around the house, more open the door for it more often. So I found myself drinking more frequently for Miller. This meant to, uh, this meant two to three drinks over the course of five to six days. According to the center for disease control, CDC, heavy drinking for men is when 15 or more Heavy drinking for men is when 15 or more drinks per week are consumed. So let's see. If you do that over the course of a week, that's seven days. That is a little more than two drinks a day. So if you're drinking a little more than two drinks a day, uh, according to the CDC, uh, that could be an issue. A few weeks into the pandemic, I calmed down and realized I was definitely overdoing it, Miller says. So I went cold turkey and completely stopped. <clears throat> Miller added that moderation is difficult, and I would attest to that as well. It's like the third time I've said a test, I think. Uh, hey, pff, let's make it for a test. Uh, <laughs> not funny, Raymer. Um, moderation is difficult. That was my issue. So, for instance, I would say, oh, yeah, let's just go have a beer. Well, there was never having just a beer. There was never just having two beers. Uh, It always turned into more, which turned into other substances uh, to accompany the alcohol, whether it was to to engage it more or to wind down at the end of the night so I could actually get some sleep. Um, Whatever the case was, moderation was extremely hard. And that's why uh, Mike Miller uh, says that, he found it easier to just cut it out completely rather than try to wrestle with limiting uh, himself. Uh, despite reports of many regressing into unhealthy consumption patterns amid the pandemic, <clears throat> some have seen it as an opportunity to make healthier lifestyle choices, including abstaining from drink. Uh, while there's no data from the United States, a study by researchers at the University of College of London found that young Australians are actually drinking less during the lockdown, partly because of the lack of social opportunities. <clears throat> I would argue that would uh, could potentially be worse myself. Uh, the lack of social opportunities, being locked up in your house, uh, in uh, you know, and living in fear. Uh, but you know, I'm sure you know that there are uh, some instances when when that. That could help uh, less drinking, I guess. 
which I could get. But when you look at the ramifications of mental health uh, that's happening to people because of them being locked up and, and not being able to socialize, uh, I would argue that that could be just as bad. Uh, similarly, similarly, a July poll from Alcohol Change UK found that 37% of 1,647 UK residents surveyed had attempted to manage their alcohol consumption during lockdown by having alcohol-free days, reducing the amount of alcohol they purchased or attending a virtual support group. <clears throat> that's good stuff. Remember, if you need a virtual support group, Zoom meeting, you can go to that soberguy.com, click on the Get Help tab, and uh, we have the Zoom AA Fourth Dimensioners meeting there that you can check out. It's every night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, all right, so I'm going to move on, but why the pandemic is inspiring many to give up alcohol. Um, you know, hey, that's, uh, I, I didn't really see anything that, that greatly stood out that was mostly from Australia and the UK, and I'm not saying that that's not accurate. Maybe it is. I don't live there. Uh, what I will say is I would argue as well that the pandemic is actually making people drink a lot <laughs> because they are locked up and uh, suffering through uh, depression and mental health uh, issues and job losses and business closures and all of the stuff that everybody's dealing with right now. And, you know, it's, it's having an effect on people. And what do you do during, uh, those times for, for someone who's not in already in recovery or doesn't have any you know recovery experience, doesn't really know what to do. Your go-to tool a lot of the time, at least for me, in times of stress, in times of hardship, was to turn to alcohol because it was easy. Uh, it's an easy fix. It's a quick fix. And it takes away the pain and go down the list of stuff. Um, <clears throat> and so I, I just, I think that, um, you know, although there, there, in everyone's cases are different, right? Although there might be some, uh, you know, some good to come out where people are actually recognizing the amount they're drinking, the amount that they're using because, um, you know, they've kind of been uh, forced into change. Uh, I think right along with that is just uh, uh, from people I've talked to, this is personal experience here, people who are, are struggling um, more with actually trying to stay sober through through this thing. So, But it is good to give a little bit of hope. I, I definitely will... Um, should I say a test again? There's number five. We'll, we'll attest to that. I think that, you know, people recognizing that is definitely a good thing. Um, let's see. U.S. is facing a national mental health crisis. Uh, let's check this out. Uh, U.S. is facing, facing a national mental health crisis. Why? For more than a decade, the American psychology uh, I'm sorry, the American Psychological Association has issued a report based on extensive surveys called Stress in America. This report begins on a somber note. Our 2020 survey is a little bit different. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. It goes on to say that we're facing a national mental health crisis that could yield serious health and social consequences for years to come. Well, no shit. I don't think that's hard to figure out. Dr. Vale Wright is Senior Director of Healthcare Innovation at the American Psychological Association and one of the report's authors. She joins host Peter Dowd to discuss mental health in America. If you or someone you know may be considering suicide, contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-8255. We have those resources on that soberguy.com. Uh, click the Get Help tab as well if you need to see that. It's on there. 
Um, let's read into this a little bit more because I, I want to see what, uh, oh, I guess that's it. That's a quick article. Well, hey, we already kind of touched on this. The U.S. is facing uh, facing a national mental health crisis. Well, of course it is. This has been the year of emergency. Uh, this whole year has just been one huge emergency from uh, uh, from fire. I'm in California, so from fires uh, to um, this whole you know uh, uh, virus thing that's been going on all year. Um, stuff being closed down changes everywhere i mean all kinds of uh of of emergency uh situations um protesting unrest this that opinions you know here's the thing man like i've never understood and i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out of of the of the uh of the uh articles really quick here and we'll get right back to them in just a second but i'm just kind of pondering and thinking about this we're all in this shit together. Like we're all supposed to be Americans, right? And if you came here from another country, more than likely your aspiring or dream was to come here and to be an American, to live free, uh, to have a business, uh, to work at a business, uh, to create, uh, to have a better life, excuse me, to raise your family. Um, you know, and, and, and so to see the division uh, here has been really tough on people. And I think that, uh, you know, this this Hegelian dialectic, you, my my thing against yours and your thing against mine, um, that's, that is created by, you know, to, to divide. And so when you have um, people living in, in a high stress uh, environment, no matter where you live, um, and, and everyone's experience, obviously, yes, a little bit different. Um, it's going to create mental health issues for sure. And then you throw in drugs and alcohol and there's a liquor store on every corner that you go to. Alcohol is promoted. Drugs are promoted uh, through media, through music, through movies, violence promoted through video games, through movies. You start to see a pattern here that, um, well, I'll say this. They don't call it TV programming for nothing. You know, and so our brains, our minds are constantly being bombarded with stuff. And we might not even know that that stuff infiltrates certain parts of our mind. Um, and it can really have a lasting effect in, in subconsciously and we don't even know it. Now add in addiction to that whole scenario of this consistent bombard bombardment with uncertainty and unrest and division and um you know all kinds of 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 uh stressful situations intense situations and that can be as as big as um you know uh well it could be as small as just having a tough time paying your bills. And that's actually not really that small. I, 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 reg- I regret that. I immediately regret that statement. Not paying your bills is something that is, that is super stressful, right? You're stressing on money, finances. So add all that stuff together, all right? Add it all together. And it is no wonder that there's a national mental health crisis. Well, of course there is. This year has been insane. 
and then add up the previous years that have led up to this year because everything that's going on right now didn't happen overnight. It's been happening for decades, especially in the last few years, really accelerated. You know, but I've asked myself that. Why, Why is that all promoted? You know, why is that promoted so much? And it's no wonder. It's like instead of just eating naturally and eating decent food, cutting out alcohol, cutting out drugs. Uh, there's not a magic pill for everything. Like we're told there is, you know, just how about, how about like a healthy diet, some exercise, some community, some higher power, um, you know, kind of those foundational things, but instead it's promoted as, um, you know, booze, drugs, gambling, sex, violence, all that stuff is just like highly promoted onto our, um, onto our society. And it seems that it's like, it has a huge effect on it. So it's, so it's not really surprising to me that we're facing a mental health crisis. Uh, it's like, well, well, no shit. Like when you actually take a look at what's going on and you recognize it for what it is. Yeah, of course we are. Uh, how about you motherfuckers stop hitting us with, with the programming and all the uh, negativity and the fear? How about that? Uh, give us some truth. Give us some, uh, you know, some, some good solutions to stuff, not just a, a pill. You know, we can, we can start there. But in any case, let me get off the soapbox here for a minute uh, or for the rest of the podcast. How about that? Um, some of these other articles, school board candidate charged an 18 million pill scheme wow former jackson madison county school system board candidate dr tamika noel was among 49 people arrested thursday for allegedly participating in an 18 million dollar pill mill hey you know what i wonder if this was i wonder if this was the same lady who was in the the pharmacist movie that was on Netflix. Did anyone see that? Let me see if this is it. There was a movie, or I'm sorry, a movie, a documentary. I believe it was called The Pharmacist on Netflix. And it it was about this doctor who was prescribing these pills uh, in this county. And I want to say this might be it. So, uh, and, and if it's not, my apologies, but it sounds similar to that. Uh, former Jackson Madison County School System Board candidate Dr. Tamika Noel was among 49 people arrested Thursday for allegedly participating in an $18 million pill mill scheme. A criminal complaint alleges Noel, 36, and Dr. Caesar Mark Capistrano, 61, wrote prescriptions knowing the drugs drugs prescribed would be used for illicit purposes. You know, I think this lady, the, the person I'm thinking of was a little bit older than 36. And I don't remember a guy being involved in this too, but it does sound like an offshoot. I'm sure the pharmacist, and if you haven't, if you haven't watched the pharmacist uh, documentary on there, it is really good. And I would highly recommend it. It, the, the pharmacist who, uh, is the main character and, and kind of does the work of uncovering this stuff. He lost his son to an opiate overdose. Um, wait, was it an opiate overdose? No, I think his son may have even, I think maybe his son was shot uh, as he was trying to buy drugs, something like that. I can't remember. It's been, it's been a while since I watched it, uh, but check it out. This sounds like an offshoot of that, to be honest. It sounds like a similar story because this shit's probably going around everywhere. 
Um, the two wrote prescriptions for several controlled substances like hydrocodone, oxycodone, and codeine. Noel was allegedly assisted by uh, clinical manager Shirley Ann Williams, 48, who used a network of recruiters to enlist patients from the community and local homeless shelters. Damn, just straight preying on people. That's some fucked up stuff and i hope you go to jail for a long time for that shit who use a network of recruiters so they're so basically what that tells me they're actually out on the street recruit recruiting people who are already addicted who are already sick uh who are already homeless who are looking for um you know some sort of help some sort of escape and then they're bringing those people in they're getting them more addicted on these pills for a small fee um, I'm sure that there's probably uh, insurance stuff they were probably trying to scheme out of this shit too. Uh, but it says those recruiters paid each patient a small fee, usually $50 to $200 in cash, to obtain controlled substance prescriptions, according to a press release for the U.S. attorney. The recruiters then paid the clinic based on the number of drugs prescribed, then filled the prescriptions at various complicit pharmacies and diverted them for resale on the street. Shady ass shit. Hope you all go to jail for a long ass time, bastards. What's next? What's next? Where was that again? Former, that was Jackson, Madison County. I know my neighbor's got his music up hella loud right now. I had a feeling that was going to happen. That's okay. Crystal Waltman earns national award for quitting to win. Uh, Q&A with Het Chower. I'm sorry, Chet Hauer of Hauer Lodge. Illuminating look at lives in poverty and alcoholism. When the Justice Department lawyer exposed the agency's secret role in drug cases, intelligence community retaliated. That looks interesting. Uh, the dog who saved me in the pandemic. There's a lot of good articles here. Um, I'm going to leave it up to you to, uh, to check them out. You can go to addictionrecoveryebulletin.org if you want some more Addiction Recovery E-News. I encourage you to subscribe. They'll shoot you an email and you'll get some of that stuff right to your inbox. Uh, real quick check-in here. Um, I'll have some announcements coming soon. There's going to be some changes being made uh, to the platform. Um, we're going we're gonna to start going in a bit of a, a new direction uh, for Sober Guy. And, uh, you know, Hey, sometimes things change, well, not sometimes everything's impermanent. Everything changes. I got to be honest. I've been feeling a little bit stagnant on the podcast. I've always said when it stops being fun, uh, I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, I'm definitely not going to stop doing it, but it's time to adjust a little bit and move a, a bit in a different direction. So I'll probably be making some announcements. Um, I don't know in the next few weeks, right around there. A month maybe even as I kind of get some things in order, come up with a, um, a bit of a strategy on what that's going to look like, uh, and then we'll go from there. But I just want to say that, you know, this whole thing is a journey. So whatever it is that you're going through in your recovery, in your life, um, in your, uh, you know, your act is just being a better person, um, just know that things change and that sometimes we need to welcome change in order to grow uh, and, and, uh, continue on. It's, we don't, we don't ever stop. We don't ever arrive. It's never over. It's a constant thing, you know, and as we grow, sometimes we take steps backwards too. And then, man, we got to kind of pick ourselves up and 
you're like shit you know i gotta i gotta kind of go in this direction man i was kind of headed in that direction that that really wasn't working and i've learned a lot of things through this podcast through doing um communications work and through being a dad and through being a husband and a friend and just trying to be a better human being uh and i'm definitely not perfect by any means none of us are but um, I got to say that, you know, I continue to learn things. I continue to do things wrong sometimes. You know, I continue to do great things too. You know, I, I feel like I've, I've had uh, some, uh, some great wins and some great, uh, um, you know, well, really some great wins in being able to provide a platform uh, that serves others and that provides some, uh, some community and, and some thoughts and some fun uh, on this podcast for those looking for recovery, for those trying to stay sober, for those trying to just be better, um, you know, whether it's through exercise or, or just not drinking or a father, a, a mother, um, partner, relationship. I mean, I'll go down the list of stuff that we kind of get into on here, um, you know, and, and it's been it's been a really awesome when we start this 2014. So, I mean, we're looking at like almost six years of rolling on that Sober Guy podcast and. Um, you know, it's inevitable that eventually stuff is going to start to shift as the world shifts and as things shift, uh, things change sometimes, you know, here's the thing though, that's not changing. We're still talking about recovery. We're still going to be, um, we're still going to be, uh, talking about interesting stuff. We're still going to be having fun. Um, but, uh, it's just time for a little makeover. So I'll make some more announcements about that as the, as the weeks or months come and, uh, you'll kind of see what that's about, but, uh, I just hope that everyone is doing good out there. I hope that you're staying dialed in the best you can. Um, I hope that you're finding some uh, some peace and some joy, whatever your opinions or thoughts or whatever it is that you're going through right now. There's a lot going on. And uh, I just want to say that as tough as it is sometimes to deal with this stuff that's going on in our lives, and no matter what that is, um, it's a hell of a lot better dealing with it sober than uh, not dealing with it and, and doing drugs and alcohol to escape it all. So just want to encourage you guys, if you're struggling, no matter what it is, uh, that shit's going to pass eventually, whether it's today, tomorrow, in a week, a month, um, you know, it's going to change. It's going to get better. The The good and the bad are impermanent. So just enjoy the good and, and fight through the bad stuff and, uh, you know, just do, do your best, man. That's, that's all we can really do. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you for tuning in today. Check us out at that sober at real that sober guy on Instagram at Shane Raymer on Twitter. Love you guys. Thanks to promises, peace, love, and respect. Keep your blood clean. <laughs>